Hello, today is Tuesday, August 22nd, 2023. I'm Adam Hartog. Sitting next to me, as always, is my court-appointed attorney, Thomas Frey. Just back from Aruba? Nope, Bahamas. Bahamas? Yeah. And we're just going through the Beach Boys song. <laughs> Come on, pretty mama. Yeah. And this is episode 18 of the Breaks Down podcast part of the 528 podcast network we have a fun show for you guys today we're going to talk a little college football we're going to talk about the winningest manager currently in sports uh we're going to do awards we're going to do last take worst take it's going to be a fun show let's do it okay recording this just before 9 p.m on tuesday the 22nd Tom back from the Bahamas, and he had a choice encounter with Shaquille O'Neal. One of the more embarrassing moments of my life. Why? He, so we were at this like rooftop bar kind of thing, and he was at a table next to us. I, I think he was like smoking hookah or whatever. I think that's a thing he really loves to do, I've heard. But I was just staring at him, as you do when you're around Shaquille O'Neal, because he's just, you can't even imagine how large he is. I prom it is there's no reference point for someone that is as big as him. So I'm just like not not like weirdly staring at him, but like glancing over every now and again cuz how can you not? And then we link eyes. And so I instead of doing something cool like giving him like a head nod or like a salute or some cool, I just like 5-year-old it out and waved at him like <laughs> And I'm exaggerating it a little bit. It wasn't quite but it was pretty bad. Did he wave and back? He did wave back. Okay. He, so he and he didn't like laugh in my face or anything. So I, it's probably worse in my head than it was in reality. But it felt really bad. That's probably how most encounters with superstar athletes go, though, for people. Yeah, you're right. It, but it's just he's such a larger than life figure that I I don't know if I'd ever react like that to anyone else. And though I also waved in a much cooler way to Scott Van Pelt who was also down there. Dude, yeah, that you sent me that picture. I couldn't believe it. Just cuz he was just on our in our draft. Yeah, yeah, it was exciting. <clears throat> I assume um, you tried to you tried to show it to him. I, I so he was we spotted him from I like Miles a football away. field away okay. and up of like 50 stairs. Uh-huh. And uh my brother-in-law Shay was like, "Is that Scott Van Pelt?" and he's it's obviously bald guy glasses, and it's like everyone's like, no, it can't be. So where I t- in the world is SVP? Yeah. So I take the, the a picture, and then I zoom it all the way in, and I'm like, that's definitely him. And then he does a fake like practice golf swing, you know, guys being dudes, and it everyone's like, yep, Scott Van Pelt. <laughs> and then this guy walks by him with his, I guess, wife or girlfriend or whatever, and you see him go like, oh, like honey, that's Scott Van Pelt. And then when he gets over to us, we're like, is that was it SVP? He's like, yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> and, and, he, and then he comes back, he walks over to us with, he's with his two kids, or I, I don't know how many kids he has, but two of his sons, I oh, guess. He's with children. He's with children. So I wasn't going to bother him and be like, hey, check out my podcast. But we just drafted you on our bald guys draft. <laughs> but, he probably, if he was by himself, yeah, he probably would have appreciated it. We were hoping to catch him at like the sports book later in the night or like in the casino or something like, and just, not be weird about it but he gave us a what's up guys and someone yelled like legend or whatever you know i've got guy stuff and yeah yeah so in that brief moment where you and Shaq are just eye to eye were you inspired to buy the general insurance if i ever was going to be inspired to yes i would have been that would have been number one moment i'm not going to yeah but it was the most likely you'll ever catch me unless okay. i'm in his presence again and he's like 
lifting me up and putting them on his shoulders to make a, <laughs> a, a mega person. What if what if the cartoon general picks you up one day and then holds I'll probably you go to then I'll probably buy the general insurance. I'll probably go to the general and save some time. <laughs> that would probably be my reaction. To you should have you should have saying that to Shaq. I dude, I swear to God, I my brain was completely empty in that moment. Or like go with the general salute. That's, there was a there were so many better options. I have never been more speechless in my life, and I immediately did it. And I looked down like, oh my god, why did I just do that? And it's like you ever seen the Forrest Gump gif where he's like waving yeah. real aggressively? Someone's been, people been sending me that, and because I was talking about it after. Yeah, it was not not my finest moment. It's I've never waved at anyone like that in my whole life. I don't know what came over me. I think the way I described it was I've never been less cool in my entire life. That was the least cool moment I've ever had. I uh, I bumped into A-Rod once. He Did, shushed me. I know you've told me the story, but I don't want to hear it anymore because it was him being mean, and it's just he's not like that anymore. I wouldn't say I blame him. What would you say to him again? Are you A-Rod? Oh. Oh, so he was it like a shh or was it like a shh? It was that. The latter. Oh. Well, no. Okay, it wasn't that. It was like a somewhere in I between. Wasn't, I wasn't young and cute enough to be like a shh. It was kind of like just like go away. Like don't shh. blow up my spot. Yeah, basically. Uh, so in NBA news, Harden was fined hundred grand for his comments about Daryl Morey. In addition to what we talked about last week of calling him a liar, I think he went on a Houston radio show, basically airing dirty laundry and saying like he promised me a contract extension or he promised me a quick, quick trade, trade when he opted in. I think it was also his him saying he refuses to play for this franchise is probably the main source of the hundred thousand dollar fine, which is the maximum the NBA can give. And then the NBA PA filed a, a grievance, so I guess they're going to try to fight it and get it reduced. You ever think about where the fines go? I think it gets donated to a charity. Does it really? I know really? in the NFL it does, yeah. Wow. That's about as good an answer as you could have given me. I just assumed they they used it for themselves. The NF, the Shield? Yeah, the, nah, the Shield think... or the NBA. I just assumed they just took it and like spread it across their paychecks. I, I, think, it's, I think it's a charity because I think it's a tax write-off for... People that get fine. Okay. And the NFL, probably. Or I just assumed it went to their overall, like, profit. If anything, it's probably impacting it more through the tax write-offs that it gives them than anything. Okay. Yeah, I guess I've never thought about it until this moment. I Yeah, I, I think I read about it a couple of years ago. Do you think Harden knows that it takes two teams to complete a trade? I think he's probably aware, given how many times he's been traded. But, <laughs> That's a good answer. But otherwise, He's no, not acting like it. The problem is... He expressed his preference being the Clippers, and the Clippers just aren't playing ball. And no team is going to give the Sixers what they want, and the Clippers certainly aren't. So there's no real solution here. There's no winning here. One side is going to be unhappy. I mean, that's kind of the case in all these situations, but for the most part, the team at least ends up with a serviceable package that they're happy with. Here, it's I don't see the Sixers getting much at all. Well, someone's going to cave, yeah. It's either do the Sixers, who are on the Harden one-year contract clock, cave before somebody like the Clippers, who know that they're kind of going into a make-or-break season with this core, and they might want to get him in the building as soon as possible. Yeah, but I don't know if the Clippers believe that a package 
that the Sixers would be happy with exists exists in a way that it makes it worth it to get Harden. Not with all the picks they already lost yeah. in the, the SGA trade, the mm-hmm. Paul George trade. Yeah. I say SGA trade as if they traded them for SGA. SGA yeah, yeah. No, the opposite, SGA and picks. Yeah, it's crazy because I'm not sure that the Clippers don't do that again if they know it's the only way to get Kawhi, even though there's no doubt the Thunder are way stronger because of it now. This is like the 10th percentile outcome the Clippers could have had. Probably worse. Have they made it to, they made it to one conference finals? Yes, but I'm saying like there's scenarios where they get hurt for even longer or yeah, okay. where one of them demands a trade immediately after. Like this is, I feel like 10th percentile is pretty low given what the other 90 percentile outcomes give. Point being, though, they would definitely do it all over again. Also because you don't know what SGA develops into. True. So Great point. This could be an it could be a situational development thing. Like, if you never know how a player will develop in a different environment. You assume that they would be good because he was good coming out of college, but... He was, but he wasn't... He was, what, like the 10th pick? Yeah. Maybe lower than that? I think he was... I want to say 11th. That sounds right. Definitely a lottery pick. Yeah, late lottery. But the question now is, do you extend them? Uh, Kawhi, I mean, you, Kawhi and Paul George. And maybe Harden. And Exactly, and maybe <laughs> Harden after you're going to have to give up more assets to get them. That's the thing. You're taking maybe the most uncertain situation in the league and adding James Harden into it. Big Jim Harden. Yeah, with their new move into the big stadium, it's... You can't in, you can't give them five year supermaxes. You just can't. You can you can't. But but what do you do? Well, they're not get, they're probably not going to want to go anywhere else because they're both Southern California guys. Also, agreed, and that's why they both wanted to go there so bad. Uh, I don't know. I could see Paul George leaving. Maybe. I mean, where would he go though? Philly? The Knicks. The Knicks. That would be cool. I wanted the Knicks to get him, but obviously for the right price. And just pray he stays healthy, but... I mean, the price for Paul George now would be like Jalen Brown money. Probably more. Oh, I don't mean necessarily the right contract. I mean the right trade price. Gotcha. The the trade the ESPN trade machine's really fun, though. It is. And there's others that are actually better. You can do, like, picks and stuff, and it has, like, the trade exceptions that teams have and stuff like that. So it actually makes it so you can make more realistic trades, which I... So I usually go on those. But NBA trade machine's super fun. That's just that was like the first one. That's the one I feel like most people still use anyway because it's the biggest. But it's I easiest to use also. I and even, most people don't know about like how trade exceptions work and stuff like that. I certainly don't. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> it usually has it like with the monetary value, so you can kind. You don't need to know how it got there. You just need to know that you have sixteen okay. extra million to trade with. Pretty okay. Much. Yeah. Uh, on the gridiron, still in the middle of preseason, but Baker was just named the starter for the Bucks. I was very wrong on Baker coming out of college. I thought he was going to be really good. I didn't think he was going to be good before he became really good at Oklahoma because he was a two-time walk-on. But, I mean, the dude is talented. Like I, What I thought about Baker when he was coming out of college is here's a dude that can put the ball anywhere he wants. And I still think that's true. But he's he's not he's not a good quarterback. There's no argument at, at anymore. He plays small. He like, does, yeah. It, I feel like... There's other short quarterbacks that their passes don't get batted down as much as his. The issue that every small quarterback they think they're going to have but most haven't of late 
I feel like he has them. I think that's fair. I will also mention, though, that the division he played in has some guys that are notorious for doing that. Absolutely. I mean, TJ Watt and, yeah. The Ravens always have a monster pass rush like Calais Campbell for a couple years. To his defense, but he didn't really play well with the Panthers either at all. No, that was a dumpster fire. Yeah, it was pretty awful. He actually wasn't horrible with the Rams. He wasn't he had that one. He had that miraculous comeback, yeah, on right? Prime time. Yeah, but I, I think he was okay, like just okay. Otherwise, I could see him still just being a, a game manager and perennial, fluctuating between starter and backup kind of quarterback, and maybe he could return. Like he could, he was probably a little bit better than that. What his second year, or his, yeah, they made the playoffs. His yeah, year, yeah. So he no, was, no, no, no. It was his, his second year was the dumpster fire with Freddie Kitchens, I think. Oh, really? And then the third year... Was when they were good and he was pretty good? I think so. And then his fourth year was when he tore both his shoulders and tried to play through it? I believe so, yeah. Okay. Wow, he's been around so long. 2018 yeah. draft, all those guys. Wow. Baker, Darnold, yeah. Allen, Josh Rosen has been on like 10 teams. The Rosen. Lamar's man. on his second deal. He's got an MVP. True. Uh, JSN got surgery on his broken wrist. This dude, as I, there's not many receivers that I've been more excited to watch uh, in college and beyond than Jackson Smith and Jigba. And for the last 12, 13 months, I have been so disappointed because I have barely seen him. He played, I think he had four catches last season. Yeah, barely played last season, and he looked really good when he had played this preseason so far. I think I'm going to buy a lot of his rookie cards. I have no doubt he's going to be awesome. That's smart. I mean, if you believe in him. Yeah, I mean, I think he'll be good right away, and I think he'll stay good. Yeah, I think that's smart. That, that school, Ohio State, pumps out wide receivers. They officially wide receiver you? I think they have to be. I mean, Bama's up there. LSU's probably up there. LSU has Jetta and Jamar, Odell, Jarvis. Yeah. LSU, I think, makes the argument that they are wide receiver U. Alabama has Devontae Smith, Julio Jones, Jalen Waddell, Amari Cooper, Calvin Ridley. But Ohio State has Michael Thomas, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Marvin Harrison Jr. I forgot about him. He's going to be the best receiver in the league next year. How early do you think he'll go in the draft? Probably top five. Probably. They got a Mecca boot. Ibuka yes, Emeka Egbuka is on the team. He's, He's really good. He's going to be like a top 20 pick next year. Yeah. Also. Okay. On Ohio State. I thought you guys were just saying words at me. <laughs> Hard last name to pronounce. Egbuka? Emeka Egbuka. Yeah. You got the first try. Egbuka. Yeah. It's hard to say them in tandem. It is, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Ravens' preseason streak has come to an end. 24 games? Yeah, 24. Pretty insane streak. Can you think of a more meaningless streak that is talked about i can't no me neither preseason games mean absolutely nothing but i mean 24 in a row is i don't know if it's impressive or it's just like nuts it's i think it's nuts because i mean it's mostly done by players that are aren't on the team or yeah like playing significant yeah. minutes or, or like the turnover year to year it's like it could be from the the first game they won to the last game they won it could be an entirely different roster Oh, I, with I like bet, no holdovers playing in each game. I bet you could assemble six full teams of guys that have appeared in those games. So it's pretty crazy. It, it is insane. Is it a John Harbaugh thing? Is he just the goat of preseason? I think we have all the evidence to support that he is the goat of preseason. I don't know what that gets him. 
Probably nothing. Definitely nothing. But we he gets a title on our podcast for GOAT of preseason. Officially recognized by the program. Mm-hmm. Speaking of GOAT, I don't know if you saw, there's a video of MJ in just walking in Italy, like on vacation, and, and a bunch of kids were just going, bah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I hadn't seen it, but that's hilarious. It was, and Stephen A. Smith was going off about how it's crazy that we got to go overseas to for people to give MJ the respect that he deserves. I don't think that he... I think he gets plenty of respect here. I think so, too. They say he, he glows. You never hear anyone talk about anyone in this way. To say that the man glows when he walks in? It's more the goat thing, though. Yeah, well, that's just because... I don't know. It's become such a thing. People... No one... Well, actually, there are some I've been seeing lately that are even just saying he's not even, like, top three. It's just... I, I, I don't even entertain any of that okay you know what a big problem is become what is becoming a big problem in online sports talk yes i'm sure i do know but people are getting money from twitter for engagements now oh. and are just throwing out just the stupidest things to get like millions of views on a tweet it actually makes last take worst take harder because of how there's dumb so many people bad are every week i, yeah. I might yeah i and it's not as that's where takes are made. So it's not like we can get them elsewhere. I'm not going to go on Facebook and get them. But where were we? Uh, Ravens preseason, actually. <laughs> Ravens preseason. <laughs> Meaningless streak. And then how did what was what was the thing we said? We were Facebook talking about hot take, last take, worst take. We're talking about MJ. Oh yeah. Because we said goat of preseason, and then yeah. I was like, speaking of goat. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's winding. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan Taylor has been granted permission to seek a trade by the Colts. Um, kind of weird because they are refusing to pay him like a valuable piece to a team, and they're de- demanding a price in return that someone would pay to add a valuable piece to a team. Have they said how much, or has it come out how much they are willing to offer him, or are they not willing to offer him at all? Like contract-wise, contract, yeah. I don't even know if he's entertaining the idea. I haven't heard if it has come out. What did he ask for originally? $16 million? I think so. I wonder if they offered him something fair and he wants the $16 million. So they're valuing him at what a top-end running back is, which is $13 million, but he wants sixteen. So I, it could be that. It's possible. So if like, he gets traded, it's going to be to a team that is willing to give him that. Exactly. But So it's not the Colts not valuing enough, valuing him enough to pay him. It could just be his valuation of himself is more than they're willing to evaluate him at. It's possible, yeah. I don't know any team that would be willing to do that, though. Neither do I. I still think he ends up playing for them this year. Me too. The only team that I've heard has like concrete interest is the Dolphins. That would be really cool. That would be cool. Can they even afford that? I mean, they're going to have to make a decision on Tua soon. I can't imagine they can afford that. I don't know how they would. And... They'll have to extend Waddle soon. Yeah. Yeah, it's a weird one. Ursa is a really weird owner. Is he the worst owner left? No, I mean, define worst. I don't know how to define worst. Bad and involved? Well, okay. So Ursa's border is crossing over into the territory of owners that run the team on a day-to-day basis. becoming Jerry Jones. Yes. Yeah. But Jerry Jones is actually pretty good at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. But, I, yeah, I guess I don't mean Jerry Jones in a bad way. He's just in terms of his involvement. Yeah. So, I guess if, if those are the parameters, yes. If it's just, like, guys that really seemingly don't belong in a room with the other NFL owners, it's probably Mark Davis. 
Oh, from the Raiders? I forgot about him. Him and his haircut. Which is now, I think he's bald now. It's, that, it looks worse, I promise. It does? Somehow it looks worse. Because uh, it was just he, iconic. You know he, he would like, the, the hoops he would jump through to get that haircut? Yeah, you would He'd like. He would like fly yeah. somewhere to, for, for someone to do that. When you find a barber. I think he might look better bald, Ed. Producer Rue is showing us. He looks he looks pretty bad. He, he looks way older. Bald. He looks way older. He could be 85 years old in that picture. Yeah. But, it, I don't know, his haircut was so bad. His favorite restaurant is P.F. Chang's. That's on record. That's pretty cool. He takes the Raider bus. To P.F. Chang's? Look, man, if you're an owner and you want to take the Raider bus to P.F. Chang's... Go for it. I'm not an owner, and I would love to take the Raider bus to P.F. Chang's. I'd take the Raider bus anywhere, but I would not get that haircut. Well, that's yeah, only because you're, you have black hair. That's not the only reason. There's plenty, there's plenty of other reasons. <laughs> uh, MLB, J-Rod has 17 hits in four games. That's pretty nuts. Yeah, four games in a row with four-plus hits. I read... This was, like, the most outlandish not like ridiculous like wrong but just like weird article i've ever seen on the athletic and it was a a whole deep dive into how all of if he was the first player in history to have like that many hits in that many games and have no outs in play so like his two outs that he had were strikeouts so it was just like the most like weird yeah like weird like statistical anomaly to like search into it and they went like really in depth and but i mean it is pretty crazy that he had seven 19 at bats 17 were hits and none were outs in play i think there was an error in there but either i guess that kind of adds to it but it was just i couldn't believe what i was reading a rough estimate what percentage of the yankees hits over that span do you think that would have been so many. I think they. Uh, I think ESPN put it on either ESPN or some account tweeted that like he had more hits across those four games than the Yankees did. I'm not surprised. And I'm sure the Yankees had about 800 strikeouts. It's pretty incredible. And he had five steals and two homers during that time. So pretty electric. Moving on, Nolan Shanuel got called up to the Angels. I've never heard of him. He was the 11th overall pick. He was called up to the MLB 40 days after he was drafted. The 11th pick in this draft? Yes, in this draft. That's got to be the fastest ever. It's the fastest, I think, in like 30 years or something. Like a re- like a really long time. And it was the guy I had. Oh, it actually, it might not have been 30 years. But the guy who it was is now like 37 years old. So it had to have been 20 years ago, 17 years ago. I looked on his Wikipedia page to see if I'd ever heard of him, and I had no idea who he was. Oh, he wasn't good? No, it was. it's crazy to get called up that quickly and then not have a good career. I, I guess it wasn't like a bad career. It was probably like six, seven years, but you're getting called up 40 days after you're drafted. You think you're going to be awesome. I don't really understand why they don't get called up earlier. Like, I understand that it's to develop and, like, adjust incrementally to the skill levels, but wouldn't you think the – like sink or swim the ones that are going to be good will figure it out like we're seeing a youth invasion now so it's kind of heading that way it seems it's so specific to the player so uh everson Pereira, who the yankees just called up his stats are really good i think he's hit over 300 at double a and triple a and he's been raking but his his strikeout rate is like 25 percent 
which is a little higher than you'd want. You'd want some more plate control or you'd want to make better bet better bet the ball skills. So while they're down there, you try to develop that skill. And I guess with some guys, you just, like Volpe, they knew had some growing pains, but you just think they're good enough to go through them at the big leagues. So that's those are the guys that get called up younger. The Yankees are not a good test case, but I think like Bryce Harper got called up in a like very quick amount like of time 18, too. Yeah. yeah. So there are some cases. It's just if you're not one of the top top prospects, you need as much development and seasoning and experience as you can get. And they won't get it in in the major league level, or it's just the teams can't afford to go through that. Like in the Yankees case, either the teams can't go can't afford to go through that or they don't want to mess with the players heads and kill their confidence so you bring that guy up and he's he plays for 50 games and he sucks and then when because he wasn't ready then it's your fault and then if he got sent back down and it kills his confidence and he can't like bounce back and then he's a head case and i think it's a little bit of who was the example i was just gonna come up with Kelnick. Yeah, Kelnick. Thank yeah. you. We should be better at awards with that. With Kelnick, they were I think they they felt like they brought him up too soon and he wasn't ready and then it messed up with his head. Wow. I was thank you for getting that. I don't know if I was getting there. I don't even I, I kept I kept going back to our yips conversation. I kept thinking of Rick Ankeel and that was not who I was trying to get to. But that's to. what you're saying is the yips basically. Like killing the confidence. Well, the yips is like a different kind of disorder. It's less confidence. It's like literally like a mental block that you can't get over. Like confidence is confidence. You can just like if you have a mean coach who will who sits your ass on the bench every time you do something, you'll be second guessing yourself, and it, some guys can't bounce back from that. So there's like a very fine line between it, and the MLB just plays it very slow, whereas other leagues don't. Like the NFL used to sit their starters for a year for a, for a time there like Mahomes like you're going to tell me Mahomes couldn't have played his rookie year? I oh, definitely could have. He absolutely could have. There's no way that him sitting on the bench for 15 games or what he started one game that year. Yeah. 15 games helped him grow so much so that he wouldn't have been what he is now. No, dude, I, I, that whole year I remember reading articles with like the Chiefs are just stunned with how good this guy is in practice yeah. like they it, not in their wildest ima- imagination they think he would be this good it's honestly just the approach with the individual player and the individual organization's approach it's like the angels call up this kid who's he's actually like i think he's like 21 22 so he's he played probably four years in college so he's very seasoned for i don't know why i keep going back to that word like a good steak yeah like a good steak so he's a good prospect good prospect good steak and so they feel comfortable calling him up earlier, but when you draft kids out of high school, they need to go through all of those levels, all of those check marks. So, yeah. And Paul Skeens got called up to double A, and I think he only had two starts in, like, low A. So Dude throws gas. Yeah. I've seen a couple clips. He's really good. He could come up this year. They call up pitchers younger usually. Why is that? Just because their arms are ticking time bombs? <laughs> a little bit of that, and I just think as a hitter, you need so much – more work like if you're a pitcher and you have good mechanics and good repeatable mechanics you're gonna get though if you can pick your spots and you have like good enough stuff you're gonna be fine at the mlb level most of the time the guys problems when they're younger is control and controlling their stuff so if if skeens has good enough control where he's not gonna get destroyed every time he's in the big leagues like he'll be fine i know garrett cole is considered like the, the poster boy for perfect mechanics. 
yeah, super repeatable delivery. It's, I mean, knock on wood, but it's why he's up to this point in his career been so healthy. Guys with who have to who throw with weird arm slots or have weird like Tim Lincecum. Well, actually, this goes back to your example of guys who can just fall off a cliff and stop being good. He used to twist his whole body and Dontrell Willis. They used to twist their whole body like backwards and then throw the ball and stuff like that's just like not super repeatable. So those two were two of the best pitchers in baseball at a time and then just immediately fell off cliffs. I went to a Long Island Ducks game when I was taking classes in sports broadcasting in high school and this was when D-Train had signed to the team and he was supposed to that was supposed to be his debut but then he just like never reported. Oh really? I don't think I I actually ever played for them. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. Dude used to hit bombs. He did. He was really good at hitting for a pitcher. Him and, I think, Carlos Zambrano were both hitting nukes in the NL back in the day. I don't know. I don't remember Zambrano. He was on the Cubs. He was on the – you would know him if you saw him. He used to throw, like, major temper tantrums out there, (laughs) and, like, he would, like, destroy coolers and stuff in the dugout. And so if I showed you a clip of him, you'd remember him from your childhood. Okay. Oh, did you see at the in the Little League Classic, some dude's bat was a number two pencil? I did not and see that. they're selling them now. That's hilarious. No, I did not see that. That's ridiculous. I did see, though, I think there were these two kids, like, sitting on a hill, I guess, watching the games. And this kid, like, goes to show his – I think they're both players. He goes to show his buddy his phone, and it's just, like, this girl with huge boobs on the screen. And it's, like, ESPN, like, showed his phone, and you can see that that's what he's looking at. And his buddy's just, like, whoa. <laughs> These guys just got outed so hard on TV. <laughs> Crazy. Hot camera. Yeah, literally. Like, it must had no idea the camera was on him, obviously. No. Just hilarious. Uh, those are the best moments when, when the people don't know they're being recorded at sporting events. Mm-hmm. I saw this one. <laughs> Not to keep talking about things I see. It's bad, bad podcasting. But <laughs> this guy had a, a visor on with, like, really, like, slick back blonde hair. And the camera's on him. And he goes and he takes off his visor and his hair pops out with it. It's in the visor. I think it's attached it's to the hair. visor. It's fake hair. <laughs> He's bald underneath. He puts Did he it back panic on. And put it put it back he on. He didn't know it was on him. He puts it back on and then he like you know wipes his head again. His hair, and then they do like a slow mo replay of him <laughs> pulling off his visor. I just saw this like l- like this week. That, that was... guy probably had a horrible day at work oh, yesterday. Yeah. I mean, it was ridiculous looking hair. If you had if you were walking around with fake hair, I don't know why you would. It was like bleached blonde hair, and this guy's like our skin tone wow. and like fifty. So <laughs> I mean, it was like slick back bleached blonde hair. I have no idea why you would choose that one. I'm gonna have to find this clip later. Uh, Spain beat England in the women's World Cup final. I know that it's a Barcelona-heavy team, and a lot of the players after have credited watching those 2000, late 2000s to two, like mid-2010s Barcelona teams for the style of play and what inspired them and like the midfield dominance. So it's cool to see that filter through and impact the women's game the way it has. Yeah, they. Um, I saw a comparison of the, like, the men's World Cup starting 11 and the women's world cup starting 11 and they had it like grayed out all the ones who weren't on barcelona and i think they each had like eight barcelona players in their starting <laughs> 11 so pretty crazy it is yeah um and it's cool to see england lose in a final <laughs> i didn't know which one of us was gonna go there 
Uh, Pep Guardiola has won- now won more trophies as the manager of Man City than he did as the manager of Barcelona, 15-14. to 14. He has to be the greatest manager of all time. How does he do it, you might ask? How does he do it? <laughs> uh, he came up playing under Johan Cruyff at Barcelona and is totally influenced by this concept of total football which Cruyff came up with. It essentially is 11 interchangeable players on the field moving in a way that just creates essentially a bunch of different triangles around the ball of space that you could get past to. It's all about space. Take the ball, keep the ball, work it into space. And as long as you have the ball, basically having the ball is the best offense and the best defense. Uh, He's perfected tiki-taka football he won this. They won the Super Cup a couple days ago. It put him over the Barcelona title. So definitely had to mention that he's kind of solidified himself as the goat. He's Phil Jackson of soccer, triangle offense, <laughs> or the LeBron James of soccer. Yeah. All right. So now we're gonna do the UFC update. Producer Rue's gonna come in and tell you guys what's going on. He'll be taking ad spot. All right. So to the UFC. UFC 292 was this past weekend. Headliners were Sean O'Malley versus uh, Aljamain Sterling and Wei Li versus Amanda Lemos. Wei Li beat Amanda Lemos by unanimous decision to win the women's strawweight title. Basically dominated from start to finish. Finally, in the main event, Sean O'Malley went, faced off against Aljamain Sterling, in which most people predicted was going to be a one-sided domination by Aljamain. Most people thought that he was just going to take O'Malley to the ground and O'Malley wasn't going to be able to do anything, but... That was not the case. In round round one, there wasn't much going on, just kind of feeling it out. Sean was getting the distance. Aljo was kind of getting to learn how he should shoot. And at the end, Aljo had Sean up against the cage, landed a few strikes, but nothing of that much importance. And then early in round two, Aljo shot in for a takedown, basically leaned his face right in for Sean to hit him with just a right hook to the chin, landed it beautifully, and knocked Aljo down. And then finished him off, and the ref came in for a TKO stoppage giving Sean his first ever title in the bantamweight division. So Sean O'Malley has been a star since he entered the UFC. He came from the contender series where he had the viral clip of knocking somebody out, and then he went over and screamed at Dana, who was outside the octagon, welcome to the Sugar Show, this is my show. Since then, his stock has skyrocketed. Dana's kind of tried to make him the poster boy for the UFC, even though he heavily denies it, but we all know that's true. This fight was especially cool for me because... Before the fight, I got to go to an open training session with Aljamain Sterling. He trains in New York, and I'm from New York, so he trained about 10 minutes away from my house. So a couple of friends and I went there. We met him. We met Marab also because they trained together. Super nice guy. I was really hoping for him to win, but tough outcome. He handled the loss like a champion, as he tends to do, win, loss, or draw. He always has respect for his opponents and always says the best things. He knows how to handle a loss, so... All respect to Aljo. I'm sure he'll come back strong. So what's next for Sean and what this means? He called out Cheeto Marlon Vera right after the fight. They have history, as a lot of people know. Sean wants to get his get back. Cheeto handed Sean his only loss in the UFC. But O'Malley doesn't count it because during the fight, Cheeto hit him with a leg kick and hit a nerve, which basically shut Sean's leg down. And from that, Cheeto just pounded him, ground and pounded him, and then got a TKO. Sean denies that he lost, basically watched it from his brain to this day, and instantly called out Cheeto to try to, in his mind, get up 1-0 against Cheeto, but in reality, just even the series. 
ultimately, this fight just turned Sugar Sean into even more of a megastar. And say what you want about his skills, he's a champion, and then he proved people wrong. Uh, thank you for, for two, Producer Roo, for the MMA corner. We do not know much about it. I'm actually starting to get into it because every time there's like a big fight, Roo and I watch together, which is pretty cool. Uh, but he like definitely knows way more than we do, so I figured it was best to let him do that. Onto the meat. Yeah, so today's meat. Um, by the time this comes out, it will basically be week zero. I mean, I guess I consider that we are in week zero now couple days before i am maybe not outwardly but inwardly i am overwhelmingly excited college football is my favorite thing that exists what did you just say to me inwardly you are overwhelmingly excited yes oh my I, God. I may not be outwardly displaying my overwhelming excitement okay as i sit here still <laughs> <laughs> not moving a muscle yeah but, but. <clears throat> i am I mean, I'm just, it's the best, dude. It's so cool that it's back. After our talk, either last episode or two episodes ago, where I said I needed a team, and we posted the clip on TikTok, and I tagged a bunch of programs, and a bunch of other people tagged programs, and no one responded, so I'm still teamless. It's something I'm working on. I assure you. Behind the scenes. You are working on this? I am working on this, yes. Okay, I didn't know this was happening. But I was about to hop aboard. No. Oh, you were ready to declare? No, I wasn't. I Who was on your short list? My brother's big Clemson fan. Yeah, Mike. Yeah. My boss. Yeah, your boss. And my brother. Is and your big, boss. Yes. And Well, no. <laughs> no, my, your business my partner. My partner, yes. Yeah. So he's big Clemson fan, so I could have gone there. He has a very cool Klubnik PSA 10 auto. Oh, really? I didn't yeah. know that. But... So I, I was debating going there, and then someone commented on one of our TikToks, some program that I thought was interesting. Could have been Cincinnati. But are they like, is that over, them um, being good? It's not. So I wouldn't say it's over because they're moving to the Big 12. Mm-hmm. But they also lost Luke Fickle, who is the coach that turned him into a playoff team. Oh. He went to Wisconsin. That's a pretty big deal. It is, yeah. So, all right. So Nobody I'm, thought he was going to leave until he got maybe like the Ohio State job because he played there. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I think I'm out on Natty, though. <laughs> so, if, whatever you're working on, I'll, I'll wait till you, till that reaps. Well, I'm curious who else was on benefit. your short list. That was, and the other was teams just, that people commented, I just can't remember them right now, and I can't check because my phone is the camera. So My one request is don't go Notre Dame. I wouldn't go Notre Dame. All right, cool. Last year, before a lot of realignment and the playoff expansion, I wanted them to go six at first. They're going 12, which is going to be super entertaining. 12 is a big jump. It's a lot. I I think the first round is going to be on campus, which is really cool. On campus. So there's going to be a, a home team? Yeah. Oh. That's kind of crazy, I feel. I guess it's a lot of games that you'd need – uh, neutral sites, neutral for, sites for And it's yeah. at big bowl games now. It's like it alternates between like I don't like Rose Bowl, Peach Bowl, Cotton Bowl, Cotton bowl Orange Bowl, Sugar Bowl. I didn't know it alternated, honestly. I kind of yeah. just never thought of it. And I think there's one more. I lied. Fiesta. I totally knew it. There's a Fiesta Bowl one? I didn't know that that was in the mix. I, it might not be one of the New Year's Six Bowl games that hosts the playoffs. Also, the Fiesta Bowl used to be sponsored by Tostitos. It was the perfect match. It was yeah. the Tostitos Fiesta Bowl. It's not anymore? It was the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl for a bit, 
And now it's, I don't even think it's PlayStation anymore. There. Yeah. It's the Verbo Fiesta Bowl. What's well, a bad name? <clears throat> Verbo? Verbo Fiesta Bowl. Yeah, it's not good. It's not good at all. I mean, most people, I don't know if people, the majority of people called it the Tostitos Fiesta Bowl. I feel like that was prominent. Because the logo was awesome. It was. Yeah. I remember, I remember, distinctly remember this. Yeah. One of the best Fiesta Bowls ever was Boise, Oklahoma. Boise won on a they tied the game on a uh, like a, a pass down field and then like a, a lateral i guess and then they won on a statue of liberty i think i actually watched that game probably or did. or i saw the highlights over and over again on espn probably both honestly that's tainted so many of my memories that i wasn't actually watching at the time but i saw so many highlights that i thought i was I don't know. Now my whole mind is ruined. I have no <laughs> idea what I actually saw or what I didn't see. That would have been on New Year's Day, so the odds are it was on wherever you were. Probably, but like this year, I remember me and uh, our friend Bray were watching the Yankees, and we saw Volpe's first home run, and Matt, our other friend, missed it. He was showering or something. So we were like, wow, this is pretty cool. Now we can always say we saw Volpe's first home run if he turns out to be amazing. But... I could say that for almost anyone now because I feel like I saw it. I feel like I watched it from way back in the day. Like, did I watch LeBron's first game? Maybe. I feel like I did. Did you watch him play mellow in high school? <laughs> that I didn't. That I know I didn't. Your, one of your brothers may have. I'm sure Chris would have. That's That was my guess, too. Yeah. I, Mike doesn't watch anything. I don't know what he does. He has YouTube TV. Yeah. By the way, I recorded Chelsea game on here. Mm-hmm. No idea if that's recording it on just his one YouTube TV account that's signed in on everything he owns. I think it is. All right. Well, now I, he's going to have every Chelsea game recorded. <laughs> <laughs> I have to imagine that if it's like, it's not just device specific. I don't think anything is like that anymore. No. So, so yeah, now he's okay. just, well, now he's just a Chelsea a fan. fan. Yeah. <laughs> I hope it doesn't erase something. I didn't choose to erase something, but I'm sure at some point it will tell him, hey, this thing's getting pretty full. Yeah, and he'll just see. probably. Why is EPL recorded 20, 20 times? Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. So last, uh, it's the last year before a lot of realignment. The Pac-12, as we covered last week, is about to explode. Um, the Big 12 is going to get a lot more teams. The SEC is going to get stronger, adding Texas and Oklahoma. USC, Oregon, UCLA headed to the Big 10. And... The last year, essentially, of college football as we all know it. The four-team playoff, for as much hate as it gets every year because the semifinals are generally blowouts, was a very welcome change at the time. I mean, I remember people were calling for that for years when the old BCS system was in place, but now it's going to be a totally different landscape. They're going to 12. We'll still have the same conversations every year about who got left out. The debates will be longer because there's more teams to cover, but just kind of relish what it's like now because nobody has any idea what it's going to be like in a year. It's just I can't get over how many 12 is. There's, like, not often 12 deserving teams to be in the college football playoff. Look, I don't think there's ever four deserving teams. That's true. It's usually but, two or three. But. Yeah, but I think it'll give us more good playoff games because you won't have that's true. Georgia playing in them. That's true. You won't have Georgia playing middle of the pack like Michigan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not Michigan. Maybe more of like a Michigan State, we'll say. Yeah. yeah. Michigan State played Alabama in the playoffs one year. It was 
the worst game I've ever seen. Yeah, so there won't be as much of that. But I, it also could be interesting for like Cinderella story teams. There could be the potential for a team to rattle off a couple of wins that you like the 12 seed to rattle off some wins. That probably won't happen. But we'll the Pac-12 see. will get more teams in the playoffs. They haven't had one since Oregon. Well, the Pac-12 won't or exist. Washington. Oh, te- like former Pac-12 teams. I True. Guess. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. True. Just, it probably won't exist much, but it, it also makes it a lot easier for Coach Prime to get into it. It does, yeah. Yeah, which is never a bad thing. <laughs> um, and all right, so I guess this kind of ties into because we talked about Georgia a little bit already, just how they're. I mean, we, now we didn't, but we mentioned we Georgia, touched upon Georgia. Just that their heads and head and shoulders better than everybody else. Uh, another big storyline is can they three peat? Hasn't been done since Army, believe it or not. Between 44 and 46 and for how head and head and shoulders above everyone they are no free promos no head yeah true (laughs) no no free promos um they came very close to losing twice ohio state if they didn't miss that kick as the clock struck midnight would have beat them Mm -hmm. even if marvin harrison jr didn't get hurt in that game ohio state probably wins Mm mm-hmm and the year before that, in the natty, if Jameson Williams doesn't pop his ACL when he's taking a, a kick or a, a long pass to the house, Bama probably holds on and wins that game too. So the margins are pretty fine, even for the program that has been the most dominant in the country for the last two years. Well said. I also, I, I let me start off by saying I don't think they're going to three-peat. I'll put that on the record new quarterback they don't have a 30 year old man in there with with (laughs) life experience as their quarterback anymore uh i saw that they have an extremely easy schedule and their non-conference schedule is like a joke yeah so if they lose even one in-conference game there's no like looking back on their non-conference schedule be like oh like that can save them for their i don't know how do they do that like pf ppf or something it's it's yeah i mean nobody really knows there's there's a guideline of what they're supposed to go but yeah there's some sort of scale that they factor into things and whatever so it's just trying as hard as they can to get notre dame and oklahoma in. yeah so they don't have that to fall back on and also like if saban hasn't done it yet then i i don't think georgia's about to do it no, he came close. Uh, the yeah. year that Auburn had the kick six, I think they were going for a three-peat Alabama. Yeah, but he didn't do it. No, he didn't. There's so much variability, and like you said, they could have lost twice already. Like both, It's not like they were winning in dominating fashion. They were at times, but it wasn't the whole way through. Yeah, 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 yeah. But my point is that there's just so much that can go wrong across three seasons that they've kind of dodged a lot of bullets across the past two the odds of them doing it again are worse enough that I wouldn't bet on them to three-peat. Yeah. Even I, if they are the best team. And they've had so much roster turnover, too. They have. The The only thing is we've seen them do it with essentially no quarterback. Like, it's not like they had Bryce Young kind of carrying that team for the last two years. Like, Stetson Bennett was really, like, perfect for them, but he was nobody. So I think the machine, even with the turnover – the kind of talent that they're producing right now, they don't need this Carson Beck who has been the backup for like four years is taking over now. They don't need him to be a world beater, which always helps. And they're in, I mean, they're in the SEC, so it's obviously going to be tough, but they're in the SEC East. So they're playing teams like like Florida, uh, South Carolina, Kentucky, and they're not playing LSU, eventually Texas, 
um, Mississippi, Mississippi State, even Auburn. So that helps as long as they go on. They'll probably go undefeated in their division, and then it'll come down to the SEC championship. Maybe against Alabama, maybe against LSU, probably not against Texas A&M, but uh, that definitely is going in their favor. For sure, I'm. I'm. I think they'll make the college football playoff. I think they're that good. And uh, was it Kirby Smart? Yeah, blank just blanked really hard in his name. Like he's obviously an excellent coach, but I think the odds are stacked against them. It's it's not a. I'm not saying they're going to be bad. I just think it's really hard to do, and because of that, I'm not going to bet on them. That's fair. So another storyline, speaking of potential college football playoff teams, is USC. It's the second year of the Lincoln-Riley experiment. Caleb Williams, the reigning Heisman winner, is returning. That's another storyline. There's only been one guy to win two Heismans. It's Eddie George, an Ohio State running back from back in the day. Uh, People have had opportunities, Manziel, Tebow, Anyway, it's a star-studded USC program. They have pretty much dominated the transfer portal era, at least talent acquisition-wise, like no other program has. They haven't won the conference since 2017, which was Sam Darnold's best season there. He wasn't even the starter at the beginning of the year, but I think there were two guys ahead of him. He took over a couple games in, and I don't think they lost through the rest of the year, including an awesome all-time Rose Bowl comeback win over Penn State. A conference win would more likely than not mean they're in the playoff. uh, Utah won it last year. They killed USC in the title game. But uh, it's it's definitely an interesting storyline to watch out for. Pretty much the same thing. I don't think Caleb Williams is going to win back-to-back Heismans. Their voter fatigue is a very real thing. I think they're very reluctant to give it to guys back-to-back years unless his year this year would have to be far and away better than last year yeah and he had what do you throw five picks last year and 40 touchdowns or something ridiculous like that so for him to be better than that is asking a lot as that's for exactly why why it doesn't happen more often you have to better yourself your yeah. high has been winning season exactly. by so much exactly because someone who puts up as good a year as he did last year will beat him out even if he's as good as he was last year yeah as for usc they got smacked pretty bad by Utah in the Pac-12 championship, right? That, yeah. That defense. Non-existent. I, yeah. So that, I think, hinders them. And their offense is obviously explosive as as any offense in the country, but their defense is a huge question mark. So it's a Lincoln Riley staple is a leaky defense. Mm-hmm. It's pretty crazy. His USC deal, I think they, I think he gets like use of the private jet. He gets, they bought two of his houses in Norman, Oklahoma, they bought him a sick house in LA. I saw and then that he's house. Like, it's gigantic. Yeah, and then he gets just a huge salary. Yeah, I mean, thus far, I think I'd say he's probably worth it. Oh yeah. So, uh, and also the Pac-12 in their final year in existence, most in some capacity, is good. There's yeah. a lot of good teams in the Pac-12. There so. are. Utah's I, returning Cam Rising. Bo's back at Oregon. I put $5 on Colorado to win the Pac-12 championship today because the odds are ridiculous. They were the worst team in the country last I kn- year. I know. <laughs> but the odds are too good to... Uh, guess what it's the payout... Guess what the payout was. For $5? I had a like, I had a boost. I had a, like a 10% boost on it. So. Well, like thirty five grand. 
No, it wasn't that much. That one, five dollars? You're not getting thirty. Uh, Maybe yeah. if uh, I was getting a thousand dollars, that's really good. That's really good yeah. for five dollars, and I don't think they're gonna do it. But it's fun. Maybe I'm just in on Colorado. Is that I'm my team? Colorado. Or is that what you're working on? Is for me? Is no, it, I mean, oh. I, I'm okay. Well, I'm I'm constantly working on getting in touch with Dion. Yeah, okay. but that wasn't. I'm just I'm working on getting anybody realistically. I'm not like. That's the hottest team in the portal. I don't know if they if they're gonna take me. That's fair. Do you? Uh, well, now that we're on Colorado, maybe we should just keep talking about them. Yeah. So, the roster turn. Speaking of roster turnover, I saw they had only ten players from last year's team stay, and they had over seventy players leave the program. Fifty-one of which were on scholarship. Oh, so that's insane. Dion's first meeting with the team, he basically told everybody get out. Yeah, he said he was looking at lifeless eyes that. People that don't even love football, <laughs> which is like crazy. It's mean. It is mean. It's really mean. I'm a, I'm a little torn on the Dion thing because I don't. It it seems like a, a lot of the shit he's doing is a little like fucked up. I think it's just he's treating it a little too businesslike for college football. I think it's against the purity of college football. I agree. Yeah, that's yeah. very well said. Yeah, I think it's not Waxing in line poetic. with that. Yeah. If everyone starts doing it, then it sucks. If he is just doing it and it's just like his thing, then that's cool. But if they have so much success, then people will follow that model as well. They'll try. Yeah. But the model is being Deion Sanders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I get it's not traditionally what you would think of when you think of college football. I mean, kicking all these kids, basically kicking them off the team is insane. Yeah. It's an insane move. And these, these kids could be 18, 19 years old, a lot of them. like, And you're having a one of the greatest athletes of all time tell you you don't love football. and like You're, you're no, not good enough to be here. Yeah. That's, Your school. Yeah, at the school you chose to go <laughs> yeah. to and they wanted you to go to, and you're you not the, good enough. Yeah, you just lost 11 games and now you're being forced out. Yeah, that's... Look, I, I understand. When you put it in those terms. But yeah. Look, I, I'm rooting for him too. I I liked I had a soft spot for Colorado football before he got there. I'm a little I'm not annoyed that the bandwagon is now there. It's a little like Ch- Pulisic going to Chelsea ish. I knew that's where you're going with it. Um, I figured that's how you felt about it. But I don't have a team. No, it's it's better that he's there. Um, and it's interesting who he's bringing because. All right, I don't want to have him. I don't want him. I'm uh, out on Colorado. Okay. Cashing in my bet. <laughs> uh, um, no, it's interesting who he's who he's bringing in because uh, obviously Shador Sanders is going to be the quarterback. Travis Hunter, who was the number one uh, prospect in the 2022 class, he's a wide receiver and a cornerback. I've read his recruiting profile. It basically said he will be the best player. He could be the best player in his draft class at cornerback or wide receiver. They think the higher upside is corner, and that's probably what he's going to be. He was committed to Florida State before he flipped to Jackson to go to, with Dion And Cormani McLean, who is the number one corner in this class, is going to Colorado as a true freshman. He was committed to Miami. So the state of Florida now hates Deion Sanders because he just keeps nabbing the best cornerbacks from them. They should just let him play both sides of the ball. They will. He did that at Jackson State. In the NFL. <laughs> That that would be tough. He like you know Tani 
That's what I was envisioning, but it's it's. Can you imagine how tired you would be? Yeah, Yeah, it'd be like playing an entire hockey game, like (laughs) taking no shifts. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think I think people at Jackson State would consider the Dion experiment a success just from the recognition he brought to the program. I think in the long term, that's definitely true. They got the number one player in the country. Yeah, that's crazy. How much we can't ask for much more. I mean, wasn't winning a natty, so. Number Couldn't. one recruit, yeah, literally. But what number one recruit in the country? Yeah, that's pretty good number two. They're out of conference games. Colorado are TCU, Nebraska, and Colorado State. TCU without Duggan and Quentin Johnson, and sh- I'm sure to come back to earth. Nebraska with Matt Rule. Wow, he he belongs in college football. Yeah, he he was. I you know what? I thought he was going to be a really good coach because I wanted the Giants to get him. I wanted the Giants to get him too. Because he built Temple, then he built Baylor, and I thought program builders were better than just, like, gurus. I wonder if the last couple of years for the Giants would be different if it was Matt Rule instead of Joe Judge. I wonder if both parties... I wonder where the position that both parties would be in right now. I've heard about the Panthers' owner. He's pretty involved. Mm. And a lot of these, like... Hedge fund dudes think they can kind of solve everything, supposedly. Mm-hmm. Never met any of them. Um, From what you've heard. Yes. And it could just be if he was left to his own devices, Matt Rule would have had more success. Again, it comes down to it's very situational. Unless you're a dumpster fire, and then you're a dumpster fire. Yeah. Like Urban Meyer would have burned any team down that he was on in the NFL. So that's going to be a good Netflix special. Oh, yeah. The Florida one came out today. I know. I saw it. I was going to watch it, but I didn't have enough time. I'm going to watch one of the episodes tonight. I'm pumped. Oh, it's multiple. It's like it's a four, I think. Oh, that's good. I prefer that. I watched the Manziel one. How was it? I didn't watch it. Too fast. They burned through it? Yeah. It's only an hour. Did you feel like there was more to discuss than was shown, or did was it just they didn't have enough story? I felt that there was more to discuss, but a lot of the discuss was not real the real story if that makes sense like i wanted i thought they should have talked about like the lsu game before the alabama game which is where like the nickname johnny football went like nationwide and how he got the nickname because they had the guy from tex ags which is like a texas a&m blog that gave them the nickname when he was in high school but they didn't talk about that well yeah so you really this was i guess based on your level of knowledge this didn't do anything for you I knew almost all of this. So, so but for a, a person who doesn't, it's probably very good. Yeah. I know I probably not nearly as much as you, but more than I would say most that would tune in. I agree. So I'd still probably gain more from it than you did, but I didn't know the oil story. That was really cool. I but I see I haven't even watched it yet, but I know that that came out. Yeah. But that's pretty that's pretty funny. That was hilarious. Yeah. yeah. So just a couple of programs we've talked about some of them already that have fallen from grace a little bit alabama i guess it's tough to say they fell from grace because they were almost in the conference championship game last year they only lost like two games but they were supposed to go undefeated clemson hasn't been in it in a couple of years and oklahoma was a straight up dumpster fire last year brent venables is the only guy that hasn't been there forever saban and uh dabo sweeney have been at clemson forever Venables was actually the DC at Clemson. Mm-hmm. I I always liked him because he always wore Dabo always wore like orange, I think orange, and Venables always wore purple, and I thought mm-hmm. that was cool. I like that. I yeah. don't think I was ever in the know on that, but I do like it. I would have liked it yeah. had I known. And uh, Oklahoma fans were thrilled when they were they thought they were going to get him. 
can't blame him. Very successful. So it was his first year, though. And they were rated. Yeah. So I think you got to give him time. I think they have to give him time. I know it's a very historic program. and It's a blue blood. Yeah. But new coach. He has to bring in all his new recruits. He has to implement everything new. It's it's not like it's not the same as in almost anything else, unless you like completely clean buy an organization and clean house. Then it's a full fresh start. But like in professional sports, it's never that. And I know this isn't professional sports, but in major sports, I can't think of an, what's another situation that is this kind of soccer. I I think I think for Chelsea. Because they literally cleaned everyone out. But for the most part, it's not often that you sell all your players and bring in all new ones. No, but it's... I just meant, like, you kind of do. Like, you have... You'll you'll get somebody that comes in with, like, a different tactical set and gradually... Yeah, gradually. Yeah. It usually happens more gradually in college football, but the transfer portal era has kind of messed that up. Okay, I guess... It used to be, like, by your third year you were like that was when the clock started ticking because that was like your like all the guys there you have recruited basically it's just very nuanced i would say and it he needs more time and also oklahoma went from like the most offense forward program in the country to bringing in a guy who made his bones on the defensive side yeah but they their defense was horrible last year <clears throat> that doesn't help matters. You mentioned Bama. You mentioned Clemson. Bama's gonna be good again. Yeah, it's people are talking about them like they're dead. Like they're dead. They did the same thing when they went two years without winning a national championship after when Florida State and Ohio State won. Yeah, I remember that. It was a huge talking point, and it was a big first take talking point. I remember that, and it's just Nick Saban is. I said this before, but it's like Belichickian where you just, you don't, you can't count them out because you never know. And because their style of play and even their adaptability within that style of play is so successful. Like Saban, who knows who their quarterback's going to be, but they're going to be damn good defensively and they're going to run the hell out of the football if their quarterback can't throw it. And they're going to win a ton of games. And like we said, if USC's defense is horrible, if Georgia's had too much turnover and their quarterback can't do it, like if Clemson, if this new kid isn't that good, if like there's a lot of questions that some a team who runs the football the way Alabama's going to, and with their defense, like they always are, they could win again, and I wouldn't be surprised. No, and Saban is not the kind of guy that will stick around if he doesn't see a path to winning, and he will see the downfall of that program or sense that it's the end years before anybody else will. And as long as he's there, I don't think it's that's on the table. They. Nobody knows who their quarterback's going to be yet. They have J- Jalen Milrow, who started a game when Bryce was hurt last year. I think they won that game. Uh, Ty Simpson, who's a freshman, I have one of his numbered inception cards that I'm probably going to get graded at some point if he's good. Uh, or Tyler uh, Buckner, uh, Buchner, he's a transfer. Um, they will be good. I'm, I'm sure they'll be good again. They could run a potato out there, quarterback, and, <laughs> and I'd, I'd bet on them to win some games. Would you bet on them to make the famous Idaho Potato Bowl? Certainly. Just for the... That the does mar- exist. Just I know. Just for the marketing. <laughs> uh, and, yeah, Clemson has... They didn't make the playoffs once with DJ U- Uyunglele. Uh, Cade He's with Cl- Oregon State now, right? Yes. 
Cade Klubnik is one of the best Texas high school quarterbacks ever. He started the bowl game for them last year, the Orange Bowl. They lost to Tennessee. Played in the ACC championship game. Championship yeah, I think game. he. I think they made the switch during that game. But he passed for 279 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, he's he's gonna be good. I, uh, I think he'll be good too. Yeah, it'll be, they'll be fun to watch. I, I like when Clemson's good. Yeah, I, they're fun. They're fun. It just feels like they they don't really belong there, and I like Anymore. that. Yeah, no, I even even when they did, it just they felt like the plucky outsider. It, yeah, it, I kind of get that because they they're came not like an, out of nowhere, and they're not an SEC program, so it just like it felt like everyone was always doubting them, and yeah, I kind of like it. And then they just became awesome. Exactly. Which is which is cool. Clemsoning used to be a term thrown around by college football fans, which meant like essentially just choking and throwing your season away with like a loss to a bad team. Mm-hmm. Even Dabo used to like storm out of press conferences when someone would ask if that was a Clemsoning loss. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, it's cool that they shed that label and became. I mean, they won two natties. That's yeah. nuts. Yeah, it's insane. So yeah, well, I think they'll be back. I can't imagine they wouldn't be. I I was real high on. DJ Uyunglele, like you watch him, he has so much like physical talent. It's like tantalizing almost. Like yeah. I still think he could go on to be an NFL quarterback if he has success at Oregon State. Like he's huge with a cannon for an arm. Yeah, and he was great at moments. If he could pull it all together, it's it would be pretty interesting. It's a good situation. The S- Beavs. Yeah, Oregon State. Mm-hmm. I know things that come on now. <laughs> Um, but speaking of interesting quarterbacks, Texas has Quinn Ewers and Arch Manning. Yeah, this is one of the most interesting situations in probably the whole sport. Especially because it's people are saying Quinn Ewers could be a Heisman candidate or be on the bench after a few weeks. Yeah, I, I tend to lean more into the Heisman candidate. I'm not saying he's going to win the Heisman, but he's he was one of the highest-rated quarterback prospects ever coming out of high school Mm -hmm. and I just I think the talk of him getting benched is more because of who's behind him absolutely and I don't think if he plays well they're not going to take him out yeah and he wasn't bad last year he wasn't you know breaking records but if assuming he grows on that I don't I don't think he'll lose that job no matter how good Arch Manning is unless he's NFL ready right this second Arch yeah I it I mean, here's the thing. Nobody knows how good this dude is. I've heard him described as a surefire NFL quarterback. I've also heard him described as a four-star quarterback with a six-star name. That, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is Unless he's his maximum ceiling, like right now, I don't see him Unbenchable. Take, yeah, like unbenchable. I don't see them taking him off the bench. I think they're better off with yours in his third year in college football i don't yeah, know if there's a covid year mixed in there but it's the third year just think they would stick with quinn the second they lose a game the calls will be there for arch though absolutely but i haven't i mean i haven't heard if like in the spring practices or whatever if he looked good or i actually don't know i haven't looked into it in a while arch i'm talking yeah it's yeah. it's just like it's a weird situation because the fact that arch went to texas is more than just like a commitment it means that like the whole manning family has entrusted steve sarkeesian with a manning it's Mm -hmm. like it's like a david cutcliffe kind of level of like respect Mm -hmm. almost and that's just crazy i mean it's not crazy that they chose him but it's crazy that that kind of pressure and like that that's a real thing that like the pressure of 
being picked by this family exists. Yeah, but I'm sure he wanted all of that pressure. Yeah, without a doubt. You're getting Arch Manning. I hope he's good. It'd be really cool if he was good. It would be cool. We need more great quarterbacks that are number 16. I'm with you. All right, do you want to start with awards? Sure, I have no idea who went last week first. I think it actually... I think it's your turn to start. All right, I'll start. Yeah. Okay, my first award is the Asshole of the Week Award. The Asshole of the Week Award, huh? Is this going to someone who was being a jerk or someone who got hit in the butt? It's it's the former. Okay. Is it this week? Yes. Why You're looking at me like it's me. Is it's it me? Not, no, it's not you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm just on the edge of my seat because I think I think you, I think one hint and you could get there, but I don't want to just force the hint on you. If you want it, I will give it to you. But I think it's guessable. Just just give me the hint. I I, okay. It's a baseball player. If you didn't see what happened, it wouldn't. Was it over the weekend? Because I was gone. I may not have seen it. Uh, Yeah. Okay. It was. Okay. What was it? Pete Alonso. I have no idea. Oh wow! Didn't hear anything. Okay. This dude, uh, Mason Wynn. On the Cardinals, St. Louis, he's a shortstop. Yeah, he got yeah, his yeah. first hit the other day. Oh, he threw it into the stands. He chucked it like 100 rows up. Yeah. yeah. And then sent him a signed bat and a bottle of tequila, which is like, signed bat's kind of crazy, right? I understand. He, he threw this really cool thing I wanted away. And here's my... And, and you gave me your autograph. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not good. Like we're, like, I, th- we're I had contemporary. This ex- I had this exact of. same thought. Yeah, like... Yeah, man, you won a couple home run derbies, but your signed bat doesn't get me my first hit ball yeah, back. Nothing does. No. So, and the, your bottle of tequila d- doesn't mean a thing. Yeah, I can't drink the sorrows of yeah. that away. Well, I guess you can try, but yeah, I agree. That was a bad move and not a good enough return. Did they? They didn't get the ball back. I don't know. I hope they did. That would suck. I don't know if the kid's like any good or gonna be any good, but it's almost. It almost means more to him if he doesn't end up being any good. Oh, it definitely does. Yeah, but it means more to everyone else if he does, because then it'll probably go in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, true. But like, Either way, it's a big, big deal. Yeah. Yeah, not great. I did hear about that, but I think I was under the influence at the time, <laughs> so I forgot it until this second. If I had been conscious of that memory, I would have been able to get it. So okay. it wasn't a bad, was not a poorly named award. I just didn't know what happened. Or they, my subconscious. They did get the ball back. Oh, oh all right. At least they got the ball back. Yeah. And then, if he, especially if he knew they got the ball back, then his apology is less bad. Yes. Because it's yes. like, oh, they got your ball back. Here's an autograph. Bad. Sorry and, for the inconvenience. Yeah, yeah. My, my bad, dude. Then, then it's better. But if it's he didn't think they were getting the ball back, here's my autograph. Bad. Deal with it. Oh, he, it seems like he knew. Yeah, okay. From this, this article I'm now reading. Okay. Then the context makes it better. But I was with you. Okay. When we when we thought the facts were what they were, I was with you. Yeah. All right. I'm giving out the Spygate Award. The Spygate Award. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is this going to? If it's going to something like a scandal of another team caught, like cheating in some kind of way, then I don't know who it's going to because I is... don't know what happened. The Knicks are suing the oh, Toronto yes. Raptors. I yeah. did know this happened actually. Yeah. So. The lawsuit alleges that we're back on difficult names. Ikechekwu as a Tam, the Knicks' former director of video, uh, analytics, and player development, 
received a job offer from the Raptors in July. He let them, the Knicks know his last day was in August, but all throughout that time, he was sending emails from his Knicks account to his personal account, including thousands of files of proprietary information, scouting reports, play frequency, plays uh, that the Knicks had drawn up, like a prep book that the Knicks used on teams, and they used it to help their new head coach who has never been a head coach before. So they were taking basically all of Tibbs' playbooks and all of his like coaching philosophies and everything, stealing it, this guy, and giving it to the Raptors. And the Knicks have proof of it, basically. So They're, this guy's never going to work in basketball again? Either he's never going to work in basketball again, but the, the Raptors could be screwed, dude. Screwed? I can't even imagine what the NBA punishments for something like this would be, especially if the head coach was in on it or if, like, Masai Ujiri was in on it, like, and they have can find evidence that he they instructed this guy to do that. I th- it would be major law, uh, draft pick punishment, major fines. Like, I don't even know. I, I hope it happens. I hope so, too. But for the, the Knicks not trusting Adam Silver to handle this and taking this to a federal court is kind of wild. I saw a hypothetical trade proposal, um, Evan Fournier and dropped lawsuit for for OG. OG, Yeah, (laughs) I know. Well, that's more fair than what the the real offer was. Yeah. Um, It was pretty crazy. Yeah, I, I would love to see this become like a huge thing just for entertainment purposes. The thing that sucks with something like this is the, like, the judicial system is so slow. So this could be something like simmering in the background for the next five months and we'll forget it's even happening. And then all of a sudden either a major bomb is dropped or it's just like, oh yeah, by the way, we settled. <laughs> like that's, it's either going to be Why would one they the settle? Other. What would they settle for? OG Ananobi. I was going to say, can they settle <laughs> for like basketball <laughs> things? I don't know. I don't know. Can it, can it be for like a first round pick? I have no idea. I can't imagine they could. Why not? I don't have a good answer for Legal you. reasons or NBA reasons? NBA reasons. I just feel like the NBA wouldn't allow it. I don't know how. They shouldn't. I don't I don't know that they shouldn't. Because if they actually stole all their files and stuff, and the Knicks get like 10 first round, not 10, but like two first round draft picks from it, that would be pretty cool. I'd be way cooler with that. It would be cool, but if we were on the other side, we'd be like, please just make them pay millions of dollars. Don't take a draft pick. Yeah, that's true, but I'm not on the other side. I just don't, there's no comparable situation in the NBA, so I don't think we've ever seen like a punishment be levied for something like this. No, we haven't. Good award. Thank you. Forgot that happened. Uh, my second award is former pro in a rec league award. Just absolutely dominant. Wins everything immediately. Oh, it's messy. Yes. Yeah. The league's cup to enter Miami. You know. At one point, the worst team in the MLS's Eastern Conference it's and the whole league. It's actually embarrassing. That he's just dominant. Yeah. It's. I don't know that it's embarrassing because it's not like he's like dribbling through everybody like he did at Barcelona. When he's just scoring curlers from outside of the box. It's just like he doesn't even... He doesn't move, but he's always been I like know, that. I know, I know. It's it, it's not embarrassing because of his style of play. He's always picked his spots. It's just the level of dominance. is It's a bad look. 
It is, but also it like, adds this is messy. This I know, is, I know. He's been doing this to everybody. But all the older players that have come here have not, like Thierry Henry did. He's and like David Villa. Those are the two that were like exceptional in the MLS. Everyone else that's been on like their last legs, not that Messi really is. He's like just won the World Cup, so it's obviously he's not. But all those guys have like like Wayne Rooney didn't tear it up here. Kaká didn't tear it up here. Pirlo and Beckham and like Beckham won an MLS Cup. Like he wasn't amazing. I, I think Schweinsteiger. Landon Schweinsteiger and uh, Lampard and yeah. like all, like all these guys like. They weren't that great in the MLS. You, once they came, you kind of forgot that they were there for the most part. So for him to come in and just destroy it is... I don't agree that it's a bad look, dude. I just It's messy. Like, this is the best ever. He was, he's been clowning the best in the world for 20 years. Yeah, but when he was doing it when he was 27, it's different than when he's 36. It is, yeah, but it's also he's doing it in a different way. Like he was untouchable when he was younger. He's just like picking his spots and capitalizing on all of them now. It's not just that they won this tournament and they were it's that they were the worst team and they won this tournament. Yeah, it's not all him though. Like the I know. Busquets, Busquets is, is huge really good and, because, and Alba scored a goal the other day too. Yeah, and, and like in the MLS league wide, they have Almost no professional league do deep-lying midfielders have as much space and time as they do in the MLS. And Busquets just walked off the Barcelona first team who won La Liga. And it's like he's playing pickup now. He just has never had this much space in his career. How many teams are in La Liga? I think 20. And there's 30-something in the MLS now? I think Like 33? That might a be lot. a weird number. There's so, there's like so many, and I think they're still expanding. So I was just wondering if you condensed the MLS down to like 20 teams, if the talent level would be superior. Have to, to La think Liga? It would. No. To what it is now. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> Not to La Liga. <laughs> to what it is now. How many teams produce a Roo? 29 in the MLS, 20 Jesus. in La Liga. I knew it was an odd number, but yeah. So twenty. I think they might teams. be trying to get to thirty-two. It's so many teams. But yeah, I don't know. I I get your point. I do get your point, and I go back and forth on it because like he's he's supposed to be doing this. Like it's not, but it it just I kind of it would feel a little better I think if some of the like they were putting up a little bit of a fight. Like yeah, he score one goal a game. What does he got? Like seven and three. Yeah. It's just like it's. I mean, it doesn't. It's it's so much. It's. I'm not shocked though. This is like the best player I'm, ever. I'm not saying I'm shocked. I just would have preferred it if they'd put up a little more of a fight. I'm having a good time. I all right. <laughs> Moving on to the last award of the night. It's the Where There's Smoke Award. Okay. Where there's smoke. What sport? Basketball. Is this an Embiid thing? It is an Embiid thing. Okay, cool. But do you know why? I mean, the last thing I remember was his comment about he wants to win a championship either in Philly or elsewhere. Well, more recently, he got married. And Congrats to Joel Embiid. Yep, and Leon Rose and World Wide West were there. And I, I know Neon Leon used to be his, his, agent. his agent, but 
it feels like there's more there. And with his comments, and with Harden wanting out, where there's smoke, there's fire. It, it wouldn't shock, I don't think, either of us if this team by the All-Star break was totally obliterated. Not at all. I think they probably... I think if you take sentiment out of it and you're just strictly trying to do the best thing for your franchise long term, you trade both of them, Harden and Embiid, for assets. Yeah, I mean, it's it's less Harden and more Embiid, I, but I agree. I just I don't yeah, think yeah, the return so, is like no, but foundational. Getting, but getting no, Harden. but getting any return if you even get a pick and or like a Terrence Mann or something who's not a star prospect, but is a good going to be a good player for a little while or for probably have a good career and a pick plus everything you get in return for Embiid plus Maxi and you could probably sell off like a PJ Tucker and a Patrick Beverly for Patrick Beverly for like a couple seconds and then and maybe Tobias Harris you get something for and you just tear it down you're going to be positioned bet like the Thunder were or like you were at the beginning of the process I I mean I agree that that the best move for their competitive future is trading both of them I just they wouldn't unless uh, they have to yeah but I I just removing all context essentially that would be the smart thing to do I agree with the premise of the award though it definitely feels like I mean that's it feels like the that city could turn on both of them if they don't play their cards right yeah there's just been a there's just been a lot of things plus reports linking the Knicks to Embiid and it's been happening for a while now and I've been talking about it for a while now and the listener should know this by now so when it happens come back come back but i'm not going to be surprised i won't even what is less than surprised i can't think of a word i was going to say stunned but that's going up i should have started with stunned well, yeah, it's bewildered? Okay. no i think bewildered's more so either way i will not be taken aback yeah all right i'll do taken <laughs> aback that's good thank you for that yeah when he comes to the next i will not be taken aback do you want to move on to last take, worst take? I will start because you went first for your awards. My last take, worst take was from an article by Lindsay Adler. I think she used to cover the Yankees for The Athletic, and now she does covers baseball for Wall Street Journal. And within the article, she said, This season has shown that the more the Yankees chase the perception of the team that will please their fans, the worse things have become for them. In what world has this team done anything the fans want? None. They came into the year with no left fielder and no third baseman. No fan wanted that. And no lefties. And no lefties. This team's been built on lefties forever. Why? What fan wanted this? I could, I, I'm surprised that she actually wrote that because she's very in tune with the Yankees. I know. And, and it's also, it almost sounds like she's blaming the fans. That they're chasing... The perception of the team that will please their fans, that's what Brian Cashman is doing. He's go- he's trying to please the fans. It's its the total opposite. The complete opposite. The fans have been dead on for the most part. And I think this, and they were talking about this on ESPN, or sorry, on the Michael K show, and it was when Jeff Passan was on, and they said 
the fans bemoan decisions of the past. Like, at the time, people said the Stanton move was good. At the time, people said the Rodon move was good. At the time, this, that, and that. But it's not. that's not what fans are saying. At the time, those moves may have been good, but every decision you've made since to try to fix those moves have just dug you into a deeper hole. It's all of the moves in conjunction with each other. It's a big buildup since 2017 of all of these moves that have gotten you to this point. It's not one point in time like, okay, yeah, the Stanton move stopped you from getting Bryce Harper and that sucks. And because Stanton, no one thought Stanton would break down this fast. But then you compound that by not bringing in any other lefties. And then you bring in more righty talent to get more righty hitters and then you have to trade for more lefty hitters and it's just like it all compounds on each other it's not one decision like no one if the Rodon move doesn't work out like yeah fans wanted that but fans wanted a hitter and you didn't get that so you can't blame the fans for thinking getting a star player was good especially when your farm system's been horrible for 15 years and you haven't you've developed two position players you I could like legitimate NBA contrib or sorry MLB contributors that the Yankees have developed as hitters Higashioka, Judge, Gardner, Cano, and now Volpe. That's in the last fifteen to twenty years. That's all. Like Shelly Duncan for a second, Melky Cabrera, sure, fine. And Duhar for a hot minute. And Duhar for a second. Clint Frazier, who they traded for for a second. Glaber, who they traded for, doesn't count. When you don't develop talent, you have to go out and get these splash players to try to build around your lack of depth. The fact, and like most, I would say more than most fan bases that I'm a part of, I would say the majority of the Yankee fans I see are pretty knowledgeable. Most Yankee fans have been all over this. So for her to say this was mind-blowing to it's me. It's very out of tune. Yeah, it's just so wrong. So that was my last take, worst take. I think I, that article might have come out today, so it was very good timing. That one's better than mine. Oh, um, well, sorry to, sorry to hear that. <laughs> no, it's good for <laughs> the rising tide lifts all ships. Nice. <clears throat> Love metaphors. Um, mine is a tweet okay. by Panini America. Oh. Yesterday, they tweeted, collect autographs from members of the highly sought-after 2023 NFL draft class, which includes... Stars Bryce Young, Anthony Richardson, C.J. Stroud, Bijan Robinson, and many more. And now there's none more. Maybe. 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 It depends. That's all. That's all tied up. But still, the announcement was very funny. Actually, prominent announcement. So this is building off of that. I'm sorry to hijack your last take, worst take, but it's in their antitrust suit against Fanatics. They referenced either in their complaint or in some sort of motion they filed that. They're going to have the NFL PA license for many years to come. <laughs> so that's even like worse. The I would same, say. the same language, basically. Yeah. So for many years to come, and then like two weeks later, it's gone. Yeah, forever. Yeah, maybe. But that was a good one. I, that wasn't bad. You sold yourself short. On that, I'm sure we'll talk about this more. It's, it's going to be a lot of legal jargon and stuff, but when the actual lawsuits come, if they do, I will be able to explain it a little bit more. But for right now, it's so up in the air that I can't really speculate. And buy into 528 breaks. Good episode. Good episode, yeah. Thank you, Producer Roo, for your new segment. Do I have to tell them where we are? Yes, always. Okay. All right. We are on, I am so tired, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts. Is that even a thing? iHeartRadio Podcasts, Amazon Music, YouTube, Overcast YouTube. Ads, YouTube. TikTok. Forgot about YouTube. I said TikTok. I think I said TikTok first. Probably. YouTube again. YouTube again. 
See you next week. Thank you. Like, Sh comment, subscribe. Shout out Mikey Caps, 528 Collectibles, Breaks Down Pod. <laughs>